You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud face said that I must eat this pie. This podcast is brought to you by 10 Tips from My 10-Year-Old on How to Rule Your House, a new self-help book from Leanna Mormont, written in aid of all the new young lords and ladies of the Seven Kingdoms, with responsibility thrust on them too young during these war-torn times. Also useful for adults willing to swallow their pride. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 54, The Broken Man. I'm Megan. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jess. So this episode was written by one of our faves, Brian Cogman, and directed by Mark Millard. Uh, so what did you guys think of the episode? What do you want to give it for the Frey Pie rating? And just as a reminder for our Frey Pie rating, we rate on the scale from Rhaegar to Simons, with Jared being in the middle, Rhaegar being the best, and Simon being the absolute worst tasting pie in the world. Um, I'll go first. So it's weird because I saw a lot of kind of unhappy people on Twitter, like immediately after saying that it was kind of boring but I actually really liked this episode there was some stuff I really didn't like but I think on the whole I was happy with the majority of the storylines that we were watching so I'm gonna give it a Jared with a little bit of Rhaegar sprinkles because that Greyjoy because that Greyjoy stuff <laughs> <laughs> how about you Jeff um, I'm also going to give it a Jared I think this was probably the strongest King's Landing episode all season. It was the one I was actually the most engaged in. And I and so I think it's also Jamie's best episode in a really long time. Oh, he finally yeah. got to do mm-hmm. something. Um, but I had some issues with, I guess, uh, I understood what they were doing with like the whole commentary on violence, but I don't think in execution it was as effective given um, past episodes and seasons of Game of Thrones. You talk about the Septon Maribald stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I knew what you yeah. talking about. <laughs> and in the show, he's Septon Ray. Oh, sorry. Just because. Too I many know. syllables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Rachel because I actually did really like the episode. So I would give it a Jared with Rhaegar Sprinkles with, I mean, I thought the Greyjoy stuff was great and the Jamie stuff agreed. Fantastic. And I thought the stuff in the North was great. It just... I mean, you could tell it was more of a setup episode, so I hesitate to give it anything more than that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that. So now we'll move on to our awards. And for each episode, we kind of give a setting, a group of awards um, to certain t- quotes or characters or actors from the episode. And um, it just depends on the episode on which ones we're going to give. But the one that I think we give almost all the time is the episode MVP. So <laughs> this would just be our most valuable player for the episode. And who would you ladies want to give the episode MVP to? Liana, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's a universal. <laughs> <laughs> the I consensus. While I was watching the scene, I was like, "That's my MVP. That's her, right yeah. there." Yeah. I was like, "That is the. That, she's my favorite." I. Yep. She was awesome. <laughs> Jess, do you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's nice. As much of a Stark fan as I am, it is nice to see somebody you know taking them down a few pegs. <laughs> And them just not knowing what to do when they're met with somebody disagreeing with them. It's like, oh, we can't just say we're Starks and people are just going to follow us. Yeah. you got to work for it. I was going to say, my only nitpick on that scene was like John was talking too much. I agree. And I love John. I was going to say, though, that I, I love John. And I do love how terrified he looked from a little girl. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, oh, God. He's like, I don't know what to do right now. <laughs> But I just feel he's not the the right one to negotiate these type of things. Like, obviously, you got killed earlier in the season because you have really terrible negotiation skills. Leave it to the one who's <laughs> trained in that, Sansa. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about the scene now, but it, it seems appropriate to do it now anyway. But I liked that in that scene, it was like everyone is appealing to what their strengths was. Sansa was trying to do the whole court like stuff mm-hmm. where she was trying to be like very um like court flattery and then john was like i'm a warrior i'm gonna try to like flatter to like the warrior strength and davos just comes in he's like guys you don't you don't have this i'm gonna take care of this <laughs> like, i thought it was actually very much in character 
for yeah, everyone. But, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that, that um, little kid. And also that actress, I don't know her name, but like perfect. Where did they find her? She was great. Yes. She was fantastic. I hope we see her again. Yeah, me too. But I don't, I don't know that we will. Um, another one that we tend to do a lot, and we just did this just because there were moments early on when this show was going on, some seasons, where they didn't really show the Starks at all. And now the Starks are actually very prominent. So I don't know how much longer we really need to do the Stark Watch, but we do like talking about it since, you know, we do love our Starks. And this one had three of them in it, so I was very happy. And of course, yeah. they talk about the Starks a lot. We got Sansa, John, who's not really a Stark. We got Arya, and they, re- and they mentioned Rickon. Oh, and they mentioned Rob a lot and his oh, dumbass mistakes. And I live. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And they mentioned Ned a lot, too. You That's know. true. You know, I just, yeah. I feel like they were, I they were right about Talisa, right? They were completely right about that. But I also think that they weren't, they weren't as honest as they could be about the whole Rob situation because he was betrayed by his own. Yeah, I agree. So he wasn't a complete asshole. No, like Rob made mistakes, but he, yeah, he was also betrayed. It's like, what? By the Boltons, yeah. Yeah, and they can't blame that. They can't blame the Starks. I mean, what? You didn't inspire the Boltons to stay true to you. That's kind of (laughs) And I still stand by that regardless of Talisa or Jane or whoever, whether this is show or books, Roos was going to do something at some point. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, it didn't matter what Rob did. Um, another one we like to give is the Ned Stark Award. This is one of my favorites. And it started, obviously, after Ned died, um, <laughs> where we give it to someone that displays honor instead of the smart thing to do. So honor before intelligence. I feel like sometimes we mess around with that definition a bit, depending on the episode um and but you know we just give it to the stupidest character of the day yeah you know it it depends and but we'll explain it away each time you know something that basically ned would do and so is there anyone this week that you guys think deserve this award well it's not really honorable but it's definitely stupid and i guess aria i just feel she was (laughs) just very openly throwing money around and very obviously (laughs) out there and i feel like she should have been a bit more careful after just leaving the faceless the men's temple, right? She should be more alert, and she's just like throwing money and and cash and just openly out, so she can get shanked. She's on a stroll, just yeah, on a nice you know afternoon stroll. She's she knows she quit a very deadly or secretive organization, but let's just <laughs> just admiring the Titan of Bravos. Oh, what a lovely view! <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we should get into it now or later, but are we sure that was Arya? But we can touch on that later. Oh. Um, we should point out that Jenny noted that we should give it to Arya since she wants to look like Ned. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was contest. very uh, Ned circa whatever <laughs> year of Aegon the Conqueror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, let's give it to Arya. Um, and let's move on to our favorite fan shout out. And this is just the moment that we feel like the show is trying to do a shout out to particularly book readers, though I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be book readers. But I think because we are all book readers, we tend to focus on the little book things they throw in there, like the Osric Stark. I'll never forget that one. (laughs) 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 Or like anything minor like that. So is there anything you guys just really loved this episode? Um, Just the, I guess, adaptation or the spirit of A Feast for Crows. Yeah, totally. Mm Mm-hmm. I really felt that in this episode, particularly with all the River Run stuff and a little bit of the Arya stuff and definitely the stuff with Sandor. So I definitely felt this was the most feast-inspired episode this season. Like, watching it, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm reading the book. A yeah, little bit of that. I felt the same way. I felt the same exact way. Like, as the, as the, the portcullis for River Run was, like, opening, I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm actually, like watching something adapted from books I've read instead of... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I remember this scene. It's like triggering oh my something in my mind, in my yeah. memory. Yes. That was buried oh. for years. I also liked Braun calling himself an upjump sellsword just because of our trivia history and the upjump sellsword. So 
Yeah, that was good. I liked that Lady Mormont did refer to her mother being a warrior just because the show never actually named Mage or Daisy. Mm-hmm. Though we did see like one female warrior when like they all like crowned Rob, but then the show never really went back to that. So I love that they brought that up because the Mormont women are awesome and I wish the show actually did include them. Um, and were there any favorite one-liners that just, you know, were hilarious totally totally. you guys you guys i finally heard something that yara would say if she was actually asha right instead of just like oh whatever i'm scared of dogs she actually like channeled asha for once it was amazing when she said fuck justice then we'll have revenge that was that was it that was asha maybe asha's her middle name (laughs) i know a lot of people yara asha Greyjoy, right but I know a lot of people have a problem with her forcing Theon to drink. Um, I like to think of her using alcohol as a treatment. Like, hey, you know what? Relax. Have some alcohol. It might not be right. But the Greyjoys aren't, like, good people. So I think that this is the best that she could do in terms of making her brother feel better in that moment. In a selfish way. Yeah. No, I agree. I think she had good intentions. Were her tactics probably the best to reach out to someone with PTSD? Probably not. But (laughs) it's the intentions were there. But she checked herself when she was like making that those rude comments about the fact that he, you know, is missing limbs. Right. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I'm I I should stop that. It's exactly. So she had good intentions. And I think she kind of knew she was kind of being awkward at this but was trying to do it anyway and i think that's what matters more yeah you know she's not she's not good at accessing her feelings at least yara isn't so it's nice to see that any other yeah favorite one-liners olena just calling out cersei (laughs) (laughs) that whole moment that was fantastic you might be the worst person i've ever met are you you the worst person Say I did love when Bronn stopped Jamie from finishing the Lannister always pays his debts. Like, don't say it. Don't fucking say it. Mostly because I agree with Bronn. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm tired of them saying it. Nope, don't want it. <laughs> yeah, just people calling out the Lannisters on their shit. It's always, always fun to watch. Um, but mine was actually um Davos when he says Sir Davos of House Seaworth, and then Lyanna turns to the guy next to her, and he's like, "It's a new house. You probably never heard of it." <laughs> That was really good. I did appreciate her hands too when she was like, nope, to like nope. her maester. <laughs> like, nope. Don't need it. Don't need your I have at this. this moment. Yeah. Um, so those are, those are all good. And um, so, Rachel, do you want to talk about the, the editing of the episode now or do you want to talk about that later on? Sure. Whatever? You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't, and I have to tell you, I don't pay attention to this too much, but it felt weird. I don't know if anybody else really agrees with me, but it felt like. We, st- we went back and forth between certain, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I didn't like it. It's just we usually stick with a storyline and then we leave it and then we might return to it once. But we, mm-hmm. especially with especially with the Hound storyline, we just kept coming back to it throughout the episode. And it was nice. It was like a nice backbone, but it also felt like I might be watching a different show. And I think that <laughs> contributed to me kind of being like, wow, this like episode feels different somehow. It feels like maybe I'm watching Feast in a weird way yeah I think that style is more it's similar to season one I think in season one they did a lot of that and then they kind of stopped I think in season two-ish maybe three-ish and then maybe they're testing it to go back to it because I think some people were like it's really jarring to go from like storyline to storyline but I felt for this episode it actually kind of worked yeah I think that they're preparing to melt to like merge storylines in a way like they don't have as like maybe in the near future they won't have as many to skip through so they're yeah. preparing us as an audience to stick with certain storylines for longer periods of the episode. Possibly. And because they did the editing that way, it allowed us to kind of have the Aria Hound juxtaposition yeah. in like a weird way. And I thought that was kind of cool. We haven't had a lot of cold opens either. I know there have been some, but. No, that this was the third, I believe. Yeah, when they do you... it, it seems significant. Yeah. And I do think the reason why, there were probably many reasons, but one of which being, of course, if you didn't have it, then people would have seen Rory's name in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. And then that would have spoiled the reveal. So might as well do the cold open. Um, we can go on to some notable introductions or goodbyes in this episode. Of course, we've already mentioned Liana Mormont, the biggest badass in Westeros, getting introduced um, in person. We had already experienced her letter. <laughs> I love that she was like, I remember the letter I wrote. I wrote it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, we also got introduced to Septon Ray, played by the great Ian McShane, who I love. Um, and we said our welcome back to the Hound. And we also had to say goodbye to Ian McShane, which was very sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, poor Ian McShane. So he's replacing Septon Maribald in the books, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I felt this was a secret role, right? Like, nobody knew what Ian McShane was going to be doing. Yeah, but I think everyone figured it out right. <laughs> from the okay, comments well, Ian gave in interviews. I'm not like a spoiler hound like you guys are. So for me, I was like, I don't know. I forgot that he had a secret role. And, like, he looks like a Greyjoy to me. And, you know, I didn't know what that was going to be. So it made sense that he's going to be Septon Ray. Um, but he doesn't have the force, I don't think. He's... <laughs> I don't know. I was a little disappointed in his role, but glad to see him join the cast. Yeah, I, I'm with you, actually. I love to see him in the show, but then I was, I don't know, I was a little underwhelmed with the scenes he got. I feel like that's the case with a lot of these actors of prominence. They just bring them in for one episode, and then there's not much there, just to say that they have this world-renowned actor on the show. Mm-hmm. And they don't really do much with them. Yeah. However, he did save us from having to listen to the sparrow even more than we usually do. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, then Ian McShane and thank Brian Cogman. Yes. Um, we also got introduced to a Lord Glover. I don't think they said his first name. It might be in the casting notices, but I'm not sure. That um, was no Glover. Case, yeah, he's dead to me. <laughs> so. Fuck those Glovers. Don't, never heard of them. Yeah, fuck them. stupid mott in the <laughs> stupid castle nobody wants. Yeah, speaking of, we also got to see Deepwood Mott and Bear Island, which was really nice. Bear Island looked really nice. Yeah, I think. I, I think that was the one they showed from the outside. I was like, ooh. Oh, with like the, yeah, like on the island with all the waterfall and cascade. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, where the fuck is this? I was like, where is this? <laughs> I was like, I'd go there. For sure. You know, I think they're working on, like, the exteriors a lot because we were really impressed with Horn Hill, and now we're really impressed with Bear Island. It's like they're trying to, like, trick us into, like, wanting to live in Westeros, which is Yeah. Weird. So that being said, and also we went back to River Run in this episode, I'm pretty sure in, the, like, one of the scenes where Jamie's with, like, his army on horseback coming to River Run, if you look in the background, that river is not moving. <laughs> <laughs> That, and that distracted me. Yeah, I was like, wait, should the river be moving? I don't think that's moving. <laughs> but okay. So yeah, we saw River Run, and we also got to see Volantis. So lots of places. And so should we go on to our Rhaegar a la mode moments? We've talked a little bit about some of them already, um, but we can talk about some other ones. Um, does anyone want to kick off some of their favorite moments from the episode? I think that we should just talk a little bit more about House Mormont, because okay. one... <laughs> No, I'm like, I'm serious. One, that is a fan favorite house. I'm so glad yeah. they didn't cut them. They had no real reason to bring them in because, you know, essentially they only gave them 62 men. So what's the <laughs> difference? Um, I feel like the Mormons have more men than that, but whatevs. I like that they very carefully told people who might not be uh, familiar with House Mormont who the Mormons are, that the old Lord Commander was a Mormont. Uh, they didn't mention Jorah, but I figure people made it. May have made that connection, but I don't know. I like maybe that. it's a dirty name on in uh on Bear Island. We don't say his name, you know. We don't say his name. Yeah, I mean he was exiled. Yeah, but so. the guy that exiled him's been dead for a while now. <laughs> but yeah, it still might not. It, you know, they're like, oh, we're not going to mention it. I was more like wondering, <laughs> totally random. Is I mean, John had did John have long claw with him in that scene? I actually can't remember. But it was kind of like you're going to like the home oh, of like where they sort of I was expecting Jorah to pop up given the show's <laughs> time you know, quickly going from place like, to place hey and Jorah was just gonna roll up. <laughs> I've got great I've got grayscale, shake my hand. I was really expecting it. You're right about the sword. I want to go back and look. Because if he does have it, it's inexplicable that they said nothing about it. Yeah, and but if he left it on his horse, okay, I, then I get it. But Yeah, it's also, he's like, I'm not going to take that yeah. in there because they're going to take that from me for sure. <laughs> or you think he would have said something like, oh, and he honored me by giving me, you know, your family sword. 
What a shortened okay. negotiations. No, because if Sansa was sitting on a chair and somebody walked in and said, by the way, this is ice, and Ned gave it to me once, she'd be like, fuck you, give me that sword. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah Liana like, would have said, oh, thank you for returning the ancestral sword. I will put this <laughs> above my bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just something I thought of. And also, was this the first time John actually says Liana? Only you would know. I have no clue. <laughs> I know. I admit, it gave me some feels. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, that's your mom's name. <laughs> I didn't even think of this. You're thinking really deep so, into it. The things, I, I just want to go back. So I love that they are connecting all the houses. They're trying to They're trying to put people on a map in a way that they haven't really done a good job of, especially with the TARDIS, you know, in the past. So I really appreciated that. They were like, let's go to talk to House Kerwin. Let's go talk to House Mormont. Like, they showed that there were all these houses. What they didn't really do a good job of is the idea that House Mormont has other houses pledged to it. So it's like, okay, House Mormont has 62 men, but what about all the houses that are pledged to Mormont? Like, they're now obligated to provide men to Sansa as well. But maybe not in the show. I have no idea. No, I was just going to say they did throw in the Hornwoods in the conversation. I believe it was the Hornwoods and another house mm. between Davos, Sansa, and John. So maybe in the show those could be people that are also pledged to these other houses they got or they just visited them and just didn't show them. Mm-hmm. Jess, you were going to say? Oh, I was expecting when she said we only have 62 men, but we got 620 women. <laughs> <laughs> That didn't happen. I was very disappointed. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> when he kept saying, like, we need men, I was like, you're in House Mormont, bitch. Know where you're at. <laughs> that would have been that's amazing. A, that's a good point. Um, I just want to, I mean, if we're done with House Mormont, I was going to mention the scene with the free folk because I really like that Sure, one. yeah. Yeah, let's. Yeah. So they were um, back at the, at the site that Stannis was using for his army. Yes, I'm not sure if that's where the free folk scene took place, but at the end of the episode, that is where they are at. Um, okay. I, I know, we just have to suspend our like disbelief here and assume that everyone would be able to travel that quickly with their army. But I really loved the scene with the free folk, just because I thought it showed a great, it showed basically how the free folk give their loyalty, and it's, you know, based on honor and strength. It's, you know, they don't, it's not about these other things that other houses might be worried about, and I just love 1-1. So I thought that was a great scene. 1-1. Yeah, he's awesome. And I, I do... Oh, sorry, you can go, Meg. Oh, no, if you're going to talk about the Free Folk thing, you can... Yeah, yeah, the Free yeah. Folk. And also the Mormons, too, it ties back to them, how they're all placing these arguments. Because this is something I worried I was worried about earlier in the season, was they weren't going to address the White Walkers mm-hmm. and the threat of the others. And so I like how everything is tied back to that. Like, if you don't help us, you know, get rid of the Boltons, we're all going to die anyway. So you might as well join us or, like, die, like... At the hands of the others, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it might be, it might be an emotional thing for the fans to see Westeros, or sorry, uh, Winterfell restored to the Starks. But in the end, the, the what we're really trying to do is unite the North so that they have an army to fight the others. Exactly, yeah, agreed. And I, I've seen some people, not necessarily complaints, but you know, kind of annoyed that it that the Starks weren't getting the automatic support that they thought they would get. But I really liked it. Yeah, and I like that they did that because I don't think it's realistic. As much as the North loves the Ned, and that's repeated a lot in A Dance with Dragons and A Feast for Crows, I feel like the theme of those two books is basically how the North loved Ned and really Tywin had no loyalty at all. It's kind of like a juxtaposition of those two. Um, But it's just not realistic especially for if it's his bastard son and his daughter asking for the support they're not going to automatically give it after they've gone through this horrible war that's killed most of their armies i mean i can believe it that there might only be 62 from house mormont because they sent everyone already to fight rob's war and they're all dead so (laughs) who do they have left i think even in a dance with dragons it's mentioned that house karstark really only has young boys and old men right Mm -hmm. but there's lots of houses in the north that haven't there's lots of houses in the north that haven't lost men because they didn't necessarily provide men or if they did not everyone like there's just there's just it's such a vast country and we haven't met everyone yes. there yet yeah yeah and i assume when this battles on tv in a couple episodes i'm 
I'm assuming it's in episode nine, that there will be more people <laughs> than so what we imagined. Lots of flags on the battlefield. I'm not yeah. necessarily on Team John when he looks at Sansa and he says, no, we don't have any more time to get more men. It's like, dude, if you take three more days because you guys can travel instantly to get <laughs> 200 more guys, that's worth it. That's like, that could change things for you. Yeah. I don't necessarily, like, disagree with her writing a letter behind John's back. If she's writing it to Littlefinger, then she's fucking dumb. But what what else can what else can she do? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I am assuming she's writing to Littlefinger, but there are other options. She could have been writing to House Kerwin, which was named in the prior scene between her and John, or Manderly, since that house has also been named repeatedly this they, season. They keep saying um, her She name. could have been writing... I know. <laughs> she could have been writing to the Blackfish. I mean, she signed it Sansa Stark. So, it, I mean, she could have been writing to anyone. She could have written multiple letters for all we know. I yeah. Mean, they didn't have to show everything. Um, and I just also want to note that I do love that the show continues to be very careful when John says free folk and wildling. Oh, I noticed that too. Yeah. Because he'll use free folk when he's amongst them. But then once he was with House Glover, he said wildling. I was like, I was prepared for John. mom. Like, is he going to say free folk? No, because they would be like, what? What'd you Exactly. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, don't say it. I like that they don't trust his army of wildlings. Like, that feels authentic. Realistic? Yeah. 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 No, I liked that, too. I thought that was, that's very true to the books, I think. Mm-hmm. So, do you think we got, are we ready to move on to Jamie and River Run? Sure. Sure. I don't, I mean, I don't know that I have that much to say about this, because I just thought it was really fantastic, and I loved it, and it was basically pulled from the book, so... <laughs> It was great yeah. to see Edmure and Brendan and everyone. Poor Edmure. It just it's such a bad plan. Like nobody believes that you're gonna kill him. You need him to pop out an air so that you have a legitimate yeah. claim to River Run. Like what else are you doing? Nothing. Exactly. It was just dumb. And if you're not gonna fall through with it, don't do the threat to begin with. But it's hilarious that they just think that they're gonna intimidate the blackfish with their stupid hats yeah and they don't I well don't, yeah oh my god i love those hats. hats they look like such weasels i just can't <laughs> and they don't even have like like armor with sigils on it it's just like bullshit they look like such a bullshit house oh i feel so bad <laughs> don't feel bad for them <laughs> yeah don't feel bad for them i mean and i i just have to say this too i think we're all really happy though jenny did point out in the doc that jamie got to punch a fray <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> not that i condone violence but that was great he got to backhand him with a golden hand it's a wonder his jaws are broken yeah <laughs> but any other thoughts on that stuff aside from just we love it and we hope it continues to be good <laughs> uh i just i really like the return of the blackfish it's great it feels like i'm finally with characters i just like the sassy characters and we've been kind of I don't want to say that we've had a dearth of them, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I like those sassy old, old guys. I'm just happy that he's back. Please don't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know. There was one part where Jamie like looks down at the river below and I was like, are they doing that because Blackfish is going to do his escape? Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? Mm. I don't cool. know. It's such a great. Like, I just finally, it's just great to see Jamie doing something that matters because what yes. he was doing in Dorne didn't fucking matter. Agreed. I feel like they're finally back on track with him, hopefully. And I'm interested to see where they go with it. I also saw people bitching uh, about Jamie's armor. I'm sorry you don't know how armor works, but that's what it looks like. They have hips. <laughs> oh, I was like, what were they saying about it? They were it? like, his armor looks cool from the chest up, but what's going on with his waist and hips is so gay. I'm like, shut up. You know how armor armor works. You would never, like, what do you want it to look like? The Witcher? Like, no. <laughs> I have a question. So he's no longer part of the Kingsguard, right? That was. Yes, yeah, so apparently he's not, wearing... he's not okay. lost enough honor to lead his, his own house's army. It's fine. I liked seeing that. I liked seeing, like, the Lannisters in like the Lannister gear. Weirdly enough, yeah, I like. Yeah, I just, I'm like, like, I don't. I agree. I don't like Lannisters, but I was like, oh, these are actually really good scenes and really good shots. Oh, what's going on? I just feel we've been just sort Jenna. of stuck in the red. Oh yeah, I do too. Oh yeah. Well, and Jenna. I miss Adam Marbrand too, but yeah, you know, whatever. It's okay. So yeah, Jenna is um, Jenna is the Lannister aunt that is married to a Frey, 
and he in the books he's he gets to talk to her at their encampment about you know river run and she's she's got she's very much like her brother she's tactical and clever and she's you know she tells shit like it is so i miss having a character like that but i guess braun is going to be that guy yeah he's gonna fill in for jenna lannister and adam marbrand i think basically um, so let's move on to King's Landing. I mean, we already said that we loved the scene between Elena and Cersei. Is there anything else that people want to talk about from King's Landing? Um, yes. Uh, Marjorie's very distracting wig. Oh my god, thank you! Okay, <laughs> I know I'm the wig-obsessed one, but if it bothers you guys, then I know it's really bad. Yeah, so not necessarily Rhaegar or Lamode, but okay, we can talk about the <laughs> wig. <laughs> It's just, it's, it just takes me out of the scenes. It's so distracting. It's like she, I don't know, when she was in the cell, like, it, her hair was dyed or something. It's, I don't it's know. Such, it's such a flat color. I don't, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I didn't notice that. I did love her drawing of a rose. So, okay, so Joey looked at me and said, I don't, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, that's the Tyrell rose. He was like, why didn't she write a real message? <laughs> So I don't know. Maybe that was lost on on other views. I don't know. I mean, I assume she drew something because one that's less suspicious yeah. than writing stuff. And if it were, if she were to lose it, it's just a rose. I mean, who cares? Mm-hmm. But I liked that it. I mean, I already was suspicious, and I was like, she's not. She's totally faking all this. But I liked getting the confirmation <laughs> that she was actually faking all of it. But it seems that she's working on fear because she wants her grandmother to leave, and that means that she thinks that that the sparrow has the power and that makes me sad like I, I was hoping that she would have a little bit more of an upper hand or a plan she could have a plan she's just worried about her grandmother's safety in, in the moment until she gets the power maybe maybe i'm not sure um i guess we have to see shout out to lauren's <laughs> comment that septon olena's outfit is not godly because it's so shapely <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, were there other Rhaegar? I mean, we kind of talked about the stuff going on with the Hound. Was there other stuff people wanted to talk about with that? That's Rhaegar Alamode, or should we go on to our nerd rage? Um, yeah, I mean, I have some other Rhaegar Alamode moments. Oh, yeah, then share them. So, in a weird way, I'm very glad that they brought the Brotherhood Without Banners back in. Just because Mm -hmm. the more book details I get, the happier I am. It's kind of difficult for me to reconcile them without Lady Stoneheart, without, like, you know, what surrounds them. Like, what are they doing besides killing innocent people? But whatever. I like that they were there. I recognize Lem and his yellow cloak. So that was cool. Um, yeah. I So am- for that, what it, I mean, I know in the books the Brotherhood breaks up post Stoneheart so I I know people are like the Brotherhood would never do what they did at the end of that episode of this episode but I'm like are we sure they're the real Brotherhood yeah like Mm. there is a splinter group within the Brotherhood too for sure because they've got those crazy people killing people all the time is Lem part of that though no he's with Stoneheart but I mean I mean the show doesn't have to necessarily have the right people with the groups and they didn't name him yeah, they had just saw an opportunity for, like, a kind of a fan shout-out, I think, with that yeah. costume. And I really liked, just, just, because I gotta say it, I love that Greyjoy scene. I love that Kraken on the sail. I love all that shit. Happy. More of them. <laughs> Please. It was a great scene, and they're such, both of them are really great actors, so I've really enjoyed the scenes they've had together so far this season. So now... Now, Nerd Rage. Let us have nerd it. Nerd Rage. Let us yeah, have Nerd it. Rage. Um, I already said my super minor one, which is that I do miss Adam Marbrand. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know. There's just something about him that I always really liked. Um, and I know that Jenny's other super, like, we both had super minor ones this week, and hers was just more about Braun. And, the, <laughs> like, the show forgot about Lawless. <laughs> I know. Because he did have, like, a woman he could marry, unless by going to Dorne he lost his chance with her. I don't really know. Yeah, that was weird because the whole time he's like, you know, I need a lady and lands. I'm like, dude, you have that already. What the hell is happening? <laughs> Did I imagine Lawless? I'm like, no, I didn't. That happened for sure. Yeah. There's there's video proof. 
yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it was Jenny that put a picture of Braun and Lawless walking on the beach in our in our outline doc just to prove that we have not imagined it. <laughs> it's like that scene with Mel without the necklace and she's in her yes, young in form. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Isn't this I mean I assume like Dave Hill is the story editor. I assume it's his job. Isn't this his job to like keep track of these continuity things? No? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Where's he on Twitter? I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's on Twitter. Um any other uh, little, like, nerd rage, whether big or small? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm super disappointed that the whore that Yara was into did not have swimmer body. That's all I needed. Yes. <laughs> they could, you know, like, they could have, they gave us lemon cloak, for God's sake. Like, they could have just given us, like, a little muscular, swimmery, shoulder muscle kind of whore that she's into. Because that would have been, like, there, there's my Carl the Maid shout out. <laughs> but it's fine yeah i was like it would have been cool if there was like a gender bent carl the maid that was like loyal to to yara yeah you know her her faithful companion that would have been cool not some like random whore but like yeah. someone that's genuinely cares about her oh, well yeah who's like her her right hand woman you know be really cool to see i mean i knew yeah, that they would cool. never introduce like another semi-main character or someone with like real lines like that's just never gonna happen so my nerd rage was sort of confined within the sex position of the show. But yeah, I mean, the, there's a greater nerd rage in there is that Asha is one of the only characters that has an equal, uh, healthy sexual relationship with, with, you know, with a partner. And that's been erased. So that's, it's very sad. I miss Carl the maid. <laughs> I miss him too, but I don't think for the same reasons as you. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the description of him. Swimmer body, R.I.P. Swimmer. I'm like, body. yes, Asha, get it, get it, Asha. People Aww. are like, you don't like him. He can't even grow a beard. It's like, dude, have you seen him? <laughs> and this just reminds me, we don't have Christopher Botley either. Oh, I don't miss him. It's fine. It's, it's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Um, any other nerd rage from either of you two? Yeah, just. The, the killing of all those innocent people to fuel Sanders' man pain. Mm-hmm. I just felt it just was like, oh, what's the point? They could have easily had him, like, grab his axe and, and attack them. He, I don't feel like that was enough motivation for it. Like, he was already still a violent person in his discussions with, um what's his name, Septon Ray on the show? Yeah. Yeah, Ray. Yes, yeah, so I feel like it was sort of uh, unnecessary that you needed to kill all these innocent people as they guess the catalyst yeah. for him to go back to his old ways. I think it was clear that he wasn't going to choose like a path of peace even before exactly. They, mm-hmm. they could have done it. With, it would have been actually, I guess, more effective if he just would have just went on his merry way to like kill his brother wherever his intentions are. So let's back up a little. It sucks that they killed all those. They fridged all those people. Basically, mm-hmm. they didn't even take the food. Like whatever. Let's back up to the whole ludicrousness of a bunch of weird hippies sitting in like a glen <laughs> around the fire. I'm like, am I watching the birth of a cult? Like, what what behavior is this? Like, oh, I've gathered up all these people. Some of them are able-bodied men. Some of them are children. And I'm having them build a, a you know, a church for me. And we just, we live off the land. You know, we're like Bob Ross. It's just like, the <laughs> Bob <life>. Ross. <laughs> I just that whole (laughs) who are those people (laughs) and I feel I should point out we all rated this episode fairly well (laughs) but yeah there are still issues with yeah that was a little weird hippie cult I can't yeah I was I yeah I was thinking like what is going on here who are these people I'm like whatever I'll just take it shelter or food or there's nothing like he's not he's not there's no motivation for these people to follow him. And they, they seemed completely able-bodied. So, like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird cult yeah. of personality, for sure. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't go with, like, the quiet aisle. Location? I mean, it doesn't be an island, I guess. But, like, the same concept of it, you know. Maybe budget? Huh. We can't have a real yeah, building. Let's have a fake You had all those, building. like, extras of, like, random hippies around. Quiet aisle. What, you would just need a couple of men to just be, like... 
the religious people, right? I don't know. Because they don't want they don't want us to get the satisfaction of a bunch of monks getting killed because of all the shit going down in King's Landing. Oh, maybe. That's my guess. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But. So there was another thing that we didn't like. Um, looking in the dock. Oh, the Manderleys. So I don't I don't I'm not mad about this. Like the more they mention the Manderleys, the more I feel confident that they're mentioning them for a reason. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to appear at some fashion. They might appear at the battle or maybe in like the post battle scenes. No, I'm telling, I need Jamie to look at those two shitty phrase and be like, I need you to go on a mission for me. I need you to go. <laughs> I need you to talk to a man. And then Davos will also be there to talk to the man. That's all I need. Yeah, because he's already doing what he's doing in the book. Yeah. Except Stannis isn't there. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I was going to talk about a casting call, but I know Rachel doesn't. Hasn't been paying attention to spoilers, so I That's won't okay. say That's okay. You can spoil me. I just don't actively look for it. Oh, well, I mean, it, it's just that there was a casting call for a really fat lord. <laughs> yes. Um, with no name attached. So I'm like, okay, really? <laughs> <laughs> I This is probably Manderly. <laughs> so. It's going to be like Lord Kerwin. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, Jess, did you want to talk about more about your nerd rage, or do you, do you feel like you talked about that enough? Oh, what about, I guess the thematically what they were going for was like this commentary on, on violence in Westeros yeah. and its evils, but then they sort of relish it on the show. So it kind of didn't, it didn't hit me like it probably should have because they just have these like contradictory scenes of us, I guess, fist pumping when a uh, protagonist like a Daenerys uh, kills somebody horribly, but then we're supposed to like hate the Boltons for doing similar things mm-hmm. because they're the villains of the show. And I just mm-hmm. feel like it's very contradictory on their part. And there needs to be a little bit more consistency across the board when it comes to, to violence and, and how it's depicted on the show and the emotions it's trying to evoke out of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when we saw, uh, I don't even remember what season it was, but when we all went to the Barclays Center. Yeah, it was for Two Swords. It was the Aria scene. Yeah. It was the Aria scene, and like it was like hundreds and hundreds of people cheering. Thousands. Because this little girl, (laughs) yeah, this little girl was killing someone horribly. And we were all just kind of, you know, horrified. And I'm sure there were other people horrified too. But that's, that's kind of the same kind of disconnect yeah. where they want us to be they want us to be horrified at the violence but then those are their like their best moments you know those are the parts that everyone mm-hmm. talks about yeah. at work the next day oh and they sort of justify it with these are sort of this guy is like threatening to rape danny or this guy was like is a, a take has sex with children talking about the guy in the king's guard that she killed a few years ago what's his name Samirian Trant, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah. So it's similar, like so. That's what okay. Then it's okay because it's a evil person you're doing to too. So then it's justified, but it's not really justified in any way. Like cr- really cruel and terrible acts of violence committed by anybody. I should be hanging out with Saray. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's yeah. also, and I'm giving the show way too much credit for this reading because I have to do a lot of work to make this work, but. There is also the idea that those that commit all the violence, characters like Jon Snow and the Hound, and you know, they are forced in a way to commit atrocious acts, and they wish that they were more peaceful men, right, and that they lived in a more peaceful, you know, age. But yet, whenever the violence is needed, they are there to have it. So I think there's also like a, a like a dualism of. It's like they wish for peace, but they commit the, the, you know, it's kind of a weird, weak defense of violence. It's like, I only commit this violence so that you may live peacefully. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's, that, it's a way to read it that makes it seem a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. But I, I don't think that it is, the work of that is not being done on the show, for sure. I mean, and I'm just to play devil's advocate here. I'm not sure the show always intends for some of the scenes people fist pump at for people to fist pump at them. I think the fact that people fist pump at them says more about the people doing that fist pumping than the creators of the show. Because 
Like with the Arya scene, I don't. I'm still not sure that's what the show actually intended people to cheer. Oh, I don't at. think that's what the show was intending. But the Danny scene, the, the yeah. music and the wide shots, and then compare that with the man scene when he's burning and like music and the mood of it and the yeah. tone of it. So it depends so they on the scene, certain scenes. I think. But I do think that it wasn't a coincidence last week that they showed like Danny having her arousing speech to the Dothraki about conquering Westeros, and then you had all those scenes of Ares burning Westeros mm-hmm. down. Yeah, no, so I, I yeah. think. That was intentional. Um, and I, Targaryens are not good people. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I should note that like this topic of conversation I think is actually very interesting. And I feel like the show hasn't done a great job of showing the pacifist side of things, especially when they butchered Ilaria Sand's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's a topic that I think should be discussed. And um, I know that Sean T. Collins, Boiled Leather on Tumblr, also discussed it in his review, too, of this episode where that kind of the whole like how they're trying to do the sept and raise speech versus violence it does kind of fall flat because of the way they present violence in the show um and i think he's going to write more about that because someone asked him something on tumblr and he said to stay put because pause yeah write more about it later (laughs) how many hours of the show are devoted to violence and how many hours are devoted to uh, you know an old guy talking about how he used to be violent but he's not anymore yeah um so ooh, time um so let's we can move on to episode as adaptation of course we already talked about jenna lannister was cut out um as with some other things but now that the show's mostly moving on from book stuff it's not so much what gets cut out it's what they're doing now that i think can help or maybe not we don't really know <laughs> is it giving us clues to what will what direction the books are going to be going in i mean particularly with stuff that happened with the hound it the show is clearly heading towards a you know, battle between the brother, his brother, and him. Um, I'm yeah, but still I, not I, sure I, the books are doing some, that. But it's going to yeah. take some gymnastics, I think, to get Sandor. So we're talking about Klee Game Bowl. Yeah. If, if you don't know what that is, is the the whole fan need for the Hound and the Mountain to face off again, and hopefully for the Hound to kill his brother. Um, so. The idea would be that Cersei ha- is using uh, Gregor as her champion in her trial, and therefore somehow the you know the church I'm calling it the church will use Sandor to fight their side yes. in the trial by combat. How the hell they'll do that? I have no idea. Their Septon is dead. Nobody knows the Hound is alive. That's gonna take some serious gymnastics. Yeah, I assume he's just gonna head to King's Landing and somehow end up as the champion for the faith um that being said this is a storyline i'm really not interested i know i'm an unpopular opinion right now i just don't care i would prefer that there were no clean bowl to be honest and i'm not interested in revenge vengeance stories where someone comes out really happy at the end of it because i feel like that's actually against what george is trying to put forward so i'm curious i don't know but i hope that's not where it's heading though it seems it um, Rachel, you also brought up the Grand Northern Conspiracy. That so that's a fan conspiracy, like thought theory that people have that there's some Grand Northern Conspiracy, and there are elements of it we know are true from A Dance with Dragons. Like Manderleys are obviously in on something, but like every house in the North is in on some conspiracy to take down the Boltons, and the show doesn't seem to be going this route only because it seems that the people don't su- support the Starks, and. I don't know what it, I don't know the way the show is handling if that means anything necessary for the books because the way the show's been going is so different from where the books are now. I mean, John and Sansa aren't even reunited in the books, so this could just yeah. all be a not necessarily fiction, but like they're obviously probably just taking general concepts that George has given them and then running with it. I think. Yeah, it's weird because I think that for a lot of fans, including myself, the Grand Northern Conspiracy is like. It's happening. Like, it's it's real. And I, it even colors my reading of the show. Like, <laughs> you know, I think in some of our previous episodes, we were talking about how, like, House Umber, no, they're clearly up to something. Like, Osha was looking <laughs> at them weird. And it's not really Shaggy Dog that's dead. There's a conspiracy. So that's where all of that is coming from, is that kind of theory, that fan theory. But I just, to me, the Grand Northern Conspiracy is just that the Manderleys are going to gather prominent houses to fuck up the Boltons. And that's really all I can <laughs> And that can still happen for all we know. 
It's just, if they were going, I mean, we've only got three episodes left, so if they were going to introduce major Manderly characters, I feel like they would have done so by now. So in that case, I don't know if it's going to be the Manderleys who get the credit for a lot of this. I don't know. We'll see. I just want that pie, but we, I don't know. You guys, what'll happen if we don't get it? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think part of the reason why we're not getting it is because people are just openly rebelling. Right. They're openly saying, I'm going to attack the Boltons, like the Mm -hmm. Mormonts. Right. So there's none of this like sneakiness behind the scenes, like behind the curtain with like Manderly pulling the strings when everybody is just overtly like, yeah, fuck you, Boltons. We're just going to now join with Sansa and these free folk to attack Winterfell. Yeah. In the show, it feels like like the North is a completely different place. Like at least in the books, they they. They talk about how the Boltons get their powers from the Lannisters. Like, you know, it's all connected. And to stand up and, and deny them is to deny the crown. And that's a huge war. But they don't really seem concerned about that at all in the show. No. Yeah, it weirdly feels like actually two separate kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Like they're two separate regions. Almost like it's its own Essos, the North, at this point. It's not at all tied to anything going on in King's Landing. Yeah. And well, and King's Landing doesn't seem to care at all about what's going on in the North either. Yeah, because in the books, it's very much there is connections, you know, between yeah. the two. Yeah, because Cersei sends, you know, or wants to send the, those the, what, 100 men to go kill Jon. To kill Jon Snow. <laughs> um, Rachel, did you want to talk about Danny and the Greyjoys or? So, yeah, so, uh, you know, I keep saying Asha. So Yara said that she was going to take her ships to Danny to make a pact with the Dragon Queen. Uh, so that's replacing the storyline in the books of Victarion, who believes he's going to sail to Marine and take Danny as his new wife. Um, I can't say I miss Victarion too much, except for like how crazy and like cartoonish he was. He was almost comedic <laughs> in his like terribleness. Yeah. Uh, do I think the Greyjoys will succeed? It's weird because she keeps talking about how she needs both. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And there is the prevailing theory that Danny might be one of the greater threats to Westeros next to the um, the others. Uh, so she has to get there somehow. I have a personal theory, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, that I don't think Danny will ever get to Westeros. So I don't think that this is going to work out very well for Asha. Uh, I think Theon will ultimately survive because he's the golem of the of the books, but we'll see. So yeah, that's my long answer. Boats. <laughs> I was talking to a coworker today and he I mean, he has faith that they'll even make it to Danny. I was like, I'm not even sure, you know, Theon and Yara will make it to Danny. But he was like, No, I think they will and he was like, And I think like Theon will start fighting with the Unsullied or something. <laughs> <laughs> and All I was the like, eunuchs okay. come together in one place. We've got Theon, we've got Grey Worm, we've got Varys all together. They yeah. are the three heads of the dragon. <laughs> it's um, so that's a good segue to upcoming events. So we saw a preview. So we know that next week, Jamie and Bran have some sort of reunion together. They will, it, it appears to be they're on different sides, which makes sense because Bran now is with the Starks and Jamie is not. So <laughs> I think that should be interesting to see what happens there. I noticed when I watched the yeah, I noticed when I watched the preview again, Brienne has a letter, I think, that she's giving um, Brendan, and it could be something from Jamie. but then I'm like, wait, Brienne has a letter? Sansa just wrote a letter? I was like, maybe she did write many letters. We don't know. Well, yeah, because isn't she going there to get the troops for Sansa, right? That's our Brienne center yeah. there, so it probably is a letter from Sansa. Yeah. It's sad because, can you imagine, he, like, the Blackfish is like, you want me to send all my men to the north? We're under siege. No. <laughs> well, I was wondering if that's actually going to be what causes him to kind of do the same thing that happened in the books, which is that he does leave River Run, mm-hmm. um, and that instead we don't know actually where he's going in the books right now, but in the show that he'll just go to Sansa and try to help her out. But in the books, doesn't he not yeah. want to do it because Jon Snow is up there, and that's something he makes a comment about? Like, I'm not going to fight. That's why he doesn't want to join. Yeah, that's why he doesn't want to join the Night's Watch. Oh, okay, that's right. So maybe, like, maybe the letter yeah. will find out she's with John, and then, or maybe she'll omit that little tidbit yeah. that she's siding with her bastard brother. I don't know how Catelyn's 
uncle would feel about that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, and I feel we should note that Davos is in the location where Shireen died, and he still doesn't know what happened. So, I mean, I think it would be a real huge oversight if they don't have that reveal to him at some point. And where is Melly anyway? She must be there somewhere. So I figure at some point that has to come out. It is weird that they've completely abandoned Melisandre as a character. They're just like, well, you served your purpose. Bye. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. What's she doing? Yeah, I mean, she must be lurking in the back somewhere. But it would make sense if if they're trying to lure northern houses, you wouldn't want this lore fanatic, you know, in your, you know what I mean? If you're trying to lure northern lords, oh, no, so maybe that's yeah. why she's sort of taking a, like, hey, you, you stay back here. You stay on your horse. Uh, we'll handle this. Yeah. It was more that she wasn't even in the camp scene. Oh. But still, they are at that camp. Or maybe and she was and you, she didn't have the necklace on. We don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think she's scared as shit is what I think she is. I think yeah. she's so scared that Davos is going to find out what happened and he's going to kill her. <laughs> like, and I, it's weird because they went through all that effort to introduce another priestess of R'hllor in Marine. So clearly R'hllor is a player in these, in these stories, but maybe, maybe Melisandre's time is almost up. Yeah. I hope, I mean, I kind of like her, so I hope not, but. It's weird because I hate her in the books. I've always hated her. I just don't want her near any of my faves. She's gross and manipulative but in the in the show i like her yeah well i mean i agree with you on all those things you just said about her i still kind of like her and i can't explain it um but i don't i mean they weren't in the preview for next week so i don't know that we'll see anything or maybe it's Um, a big scene and that's why they don't want to reveal anything yeah yeah um there are only three episodes left so if nine is the eventual confrontation between the Starks and the Boltons, then it could happen there, but that seems kind of rushed. So maybe something could happen um, in eight or maybe 10. Um, And just because I realized we didn't go back to Arya. So Arya is in next week's episode. And I think it will be interesting to see what's going on with that because I'm not convinced that was her. I know some people think it's Jacken. Something's weird with that whole situation because she was very confident and just walking around and like not being cautious with anything. like, do to do, I'm a target. Yeah. And she seems fine in the preview for next week. (laughs) Like she was like running around, I think. So, (laughs) and I'm still going to, I'm still waiting for the second part of the Tower of Joy vision, but I'm pretty sure it's in the finale and I wouldn't be surprised if it's the final like scene of that episode. So, okay. So is it going to be, I will call him John. Like what? I just, (laughs) everything, every situation in my brain is just, that is so lame. (laughs) I mean, I think it is going to confirm that it's John in that scene. I mean, I mean, we joke about it, like, when we're together, that he's just going to pop out with the curly and hair. The and the beard. <laughs> yeah, and the sword and, like, the, the unhappy face. But <laughs> 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 but, but, you know, I, I, I don't know how it's going to be. But I'm pretty, I'm like, I'm like, it's definitely, I think it's definitely in the finale. And I would not be surprised if it's the final. So I just have to say that now. And it's going to be Bran, and Bran's going to be like, oh, shit, I got I to gotta, I gotta go tell people. I've yeah. Learned but it's like a huge my... mic drop. It's like, oh, I mean, we all know it anyway, but I mean, like, it's actual confirmation. <laughs> but it's confirmation of what? That he's still a bastard. He's just a bastard of a different house. Yeah. He's... Well, I mean, I guess he doesn't have to be a bastard necessarily, but that's a whole other podcast. That is true. You are correct. I take that back. You're right. He could be a very legitimate Targaryen heir, in which case his new enemy is Danny. I'm okay with that. Nobody nobody knows that. So like, unless Bran writes a thousand letters and sends them to everyone in the world. And then somehow Danny learns that she has a rival for, you know, her, her kingdom. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. And what's to say Johnny you know, wants sure. it? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not sure this the reveal really matters for the politics, like the political situation in Westeros. I think it's going to be more of a character. It's it's yeah, it's more of okay, if he's Rhaegar's son then he could be the prince that is promised. Like, yeah, and what the effect it would have on Jon himself yeah. cuz 
I mean, a whole other podcast, I think he'd be devastated. I, we talked a little bit about this, I think, in the Robert's Rebellion podcast, too. So should we do our toast to Jon Snow, speaking of? <laughs> to Jon Snow and to our Lord Commander, Dolores Ed. Cheers to Jon Snow and Dolores Ed. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath that lord of the crossing and now the pie crusts cover his kin and they're so good to eat yes now the pie crusts cover his kin revenge it tastes so sweet We assume that he's Lord Commander since they haven't shown any election. There's only five guys there. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there might be ten, but sixty-two. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, I just about that though. I someone on Tumblr did. I don't know if it originated on Tumblr or not, but I did see it on Tumblr where a meme where they did like the screen caps from that, and then they showed a picture of Ramsey like freaking out. <laughs> that there would be 62 men and I was thinking yes because his 20 good men are less than it's fewer than 62 <laughs> oh my god